Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story, and RBG in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Bombshell and RBG, two documentaries that have come out uh, within the last year or so. Uh, RBG is in a lot of theaters right now, actually. Uh, You might be able to find it near you. And uh, Bombshell is in a theater near me, but it's kind of like a specialty theater, so I I don't know how many theaters it's in, actually, across the country. But it has been over the last year or so. It's it's a 2017 film, technically. So, uh, but both films, documentaries about powerful female figures who have, in one way or another, reshaped the world, uh, or even at, at least the country, um, but in my opinion, the world. And uh, so I wanted to kind of talk about them together. And um, it's a documentary about real events, so. I don't feel the need to to specify that there will be spoilers, but I guess kind of spoilers for everything, maybe. I suppose it depends, like, what exactly you think of when what spoilers means to you, and that's a completely different discussion. So, um, I guess I'll talk about these in order that I watched them. Uh, so, the first one is RBG. I watched that on uh, the la- this over the past weekend at a theater near me and it tells the story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, who is um, a, a Supreme Court justice on the Supreme Court of our current country <clears throat> uh, she is 84 years old she has been there for uh, since the early parts of the Clinton administration, so like 15 years, give or take. And uh, before that, she was a lawyer. She worked with law. She, uh, you know, she graduated. Um, she moved. She switched colleges at one point. I think she ended up graduating from Columbia, as they say in the film. And so the film, so RBG kind of just outlines this life that she's led and the advocacy advocacy she has had to def- for defending um, equal gender rights and free speech and um, feminism and, and all these fantastic things. She has been one of the most uh, influential elements in the fight for gender equality for the last 40 years. 50 years, and uh, now she is uh, perhaps the most uh, recognizable and and um, personable and uh, just important justice on the, on the Supreme Court. Again, depending who you ask, but uh, she has um, really inspired so many people to follow in her footsteps, and it's it's pretty remarkable what she is capable of. Uh, so the documentary, you know, it, it starts out her, with her in college, it kind of, and, and even before that, it starts out with her as a kid and growing up, and it shows you how she met her husband in college, and 
the sort of trajectory their life took when he was get on you know he was also worked in law and it shows you know all the cases she argued again in front of the supreme court and how she argued against um gender discrimination uh and and really goes into all that kind of stuff and it's great you know she is you know i i i'll be honest before seeing this documentary i I definitely knew who Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. I mostly knew of her because there's like this sense of this unsettling sense of um, dread that if she retires or uh, is incapable of performing her duties as a Supreme Court justice within the amount of time, however, whether it's three or... um, seven more years with Trump that uh, she will be replaced by a conservative justice and there's a lot of worry that you know people worry that that's going to happen because she is 84 and you know this documentary goes out of its way to show that she is fit she is working out she is getting exercise she is keeping taking care of herself Uh, I think they say she fought cancer twice and is still still standing and still healthy and still you know, ready to take on the world, and so that's that's pretty much the only context I was aware of her in, uh, in before watching this documentary. She, her name was one I was rec- when I recognized she is a significant uh, human being, but mostly just in the terms of well, we can't have another conservative justice on the Supreme Court from uh, the liberal and rational side of media, uh, so. Uh, for me, watching this, it was very interesting, very fascinating to discover all these things I wasn't aware of, all these, all this information that I didn't even know was out there. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it's it's problematic that more people aren't aware of who she is and what she's done. I can't believe like half of this stuff wasn't taught to me in in grade school, but finally it's being exposed it's being shown to a, a wider audience there are a lot of people my age uh and maybe even older who can really learn what she's done and the the steps she took and how uh you know she's basically or almost analogous to to Martin Luther King but for women in this in this period of time and the great thing is she's still here she's still alive and uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, not going anywhere soon. So that was, I loved that. I love just seeing the way that she sort of defied social norms and uh, really became this beacon for women and feminism and working with the ACLU. And, and you know, even in the in the film, they show how she argues um, gender equality for, for for men as well and making sure that no one is slighted because of what they have between their legs or what they consider themselves. And I think that's a, that's a very powerful and important statement to make. Uh, but there's a, there's so there, there's a thing, and this is I'm going to try and segue right now between RBG and Bombshell a little bit. Both documentaries have one of the same issue that I, I think detracts from their overall score. And it has nothing to do with the content of the of the piece. Uh, the information provided by this documentary is fascinating. And I, I really do encourage everyone to go see both films. Um, 
I think both films have a lot of very important and relevant information. But here's the thing. It's a documentary, and documentaries are historically, I would say, not exactly known for their style or flourishes. There are very few documentaries that really stick out in terms of um, the way they're presented and, and the format they, they use. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of documentaries are either talking heads or uh, sort of found footage type stuff. And that's fine. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good documentaries that are just that and a lot of documentaries that use those that are t- explaining and revealing very important information and, and showing us that there's a lot of stuff that's going on that we miss uh, in our everyday lives. And, you know, if the f- documentary isn't exactly a story, if it's, you know, more along the lines of a, talking about a person or an event, then it's tough to really embellish that too much and, and to give it flourishes and, and to put your stamp on it. You know, I the RBG was directed by Betsy West and Julie Cohen, and the way they, they present all this information, and again, it is so, it's laid out very simply and straightforwardly, and I, I can't dispute any of it, obviously. I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't even know where I'd begin, but I don't have any idea after this movie what kind of directors Betsy West and Julie Cohen are. I don't know, uh, you know, what their style is. And, and, you know, that extends to anyone who produced the film, anyone who edited the film, the cinematographer... Uh, and so forth, and all of those people on this film are women, which I think is great. And so documentaries, and this is true of RBG and Bombshell, have this sort of added weight on them, in that it's not as simple as talking about RBG and talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and telling us what she did, because if that's all you're going to do, then I can get this in a podcast. You, you, the, the, the thing I'm trying to figure out, and this is it goes through a lot of documentaries that I've, I've probably overrated in the past, is what is the reason for your visual component of this information? When you're telling a narrative story, it's very easy to see why part of it is being told visually. But when you're telling, just giving us information... What is the point of the visual component? Is there a point? And I'm not going to say that there's absolutely no point and that you can get exactly the amount of information in RBG or Bombshell from simply listening to the film as if it were a podcast. I'm, that's not true. But a lot of it, it is true. You know, a lot of talking heads don't need to be seen to get exactly the amount of information that they offer. And... Uh, you know, there are definitely some images and scenes in, in RBG and in Bombshell that I think are worth seeing. Um, you know, watch, seeing RBG working out, I think, is fantastic. And being able to see uh, some of the interactions between her and Antonin Scalia, which is, was, a, was such a, came out of nowhere. I didn't realize that they were, like, good friends, which is kind of crazy. But, like, seeing them interact is is fascinating. And... Uh, you know, there's a lot of good elements to that, but there are also plenty of moments in both films where I just, I felt like, well, I don't know why I need to be watching this and why I can't just be listening to it. And I, I think that's a big problem documentaries have, especially ones that are supposed, you know, trying to be informative and trying to um, advocate for 
a person or a thing. And so that that's something that I, in my mind, ties these two films together. I think they're both good movies. I think they're both good documentaries. I think they provide a lot of good information and, and pertinent information, especially to people, um, for at least in RBG's case, people who are alive right now. And in Bombshell's case, anyone who is connected to the film industry, either through watching a lot of movies or if they're podcasting or listening to podcasts about movies, I, I think that, that learning more about Hedy Lamar and what she's capable of and what she was doing in her life and what really happened in, in, in it is, is significant. Um, and it's just, I, I don't, you know, I've never made a documentary, but I, I don't know what exactly goes on in the minds of a documentarian as far as the presentation of their material. You know, you look at a film... Some of the documentaries that I think are, like, really interesting. You know, another documentary that came out this year already is The Director and the Jedi, which I think I think is good. I think it's just a little bit better than the, the other two films I'm talking about here. But the point, like, one of the biggest elements of that is that you're getting all this behind-the-scenes footage of, the, of making The Last Jedi. And that's visually interesting, as well as um, interesting to listen to. And I think that's not as complete in RPG and Bombshell. Uh, so step over to Bombshell for a moment to just kind of outlay what, what that's trying to sell you on is Hedy Lamar, one of the most beautiful women to have ever lived, to have ever acted, uh, was known for her looks. She was the visual model for Snow White, Snow White and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the animated film. She starred in, you know, a few dozen films during her career, which wasn't as long as uh, it might have been able to be if, if things had gone different a different direction during her life. And she went through five, six, seven marriages. Uh, I, I forget the exact number. And they all kind of ended abruptly. They never lasted very long. They were unsatisfactory and emotionally damaging to Hedy Lamar, and one of the, st the reasons she states that the majority of them kind of disintegrated is because these men loved her, in quotes, loved her uh, because of how beautiful she was, and for the most part, they weren't exactly uh, capable or interested, maybe, in anything else and she was so much more than that uh you know she is a she's an inventor she was a she was a technologically um capable she had a technologically capable mind that from a young age she was able to understand the way things worked and had these great great ideas about uh, improving the world and changing the way things are and you know, she always kind of you get this, you get this presentation in the film that she's always she'd always wanted to be known as more than just a pretty face. And for a woman, especially during the times when she was prominently featured in all these films, that was almost impossible. Uh, it, it's, I mean, even today, it's it's somewhat difficult, uh, especially for like celebrities. 
um, who are very attractive to sort of get out of that, get people out of that mindset. And that's just kind of society not fully embracing that people are more than the way they look like. And, and she even says, to paraphrasing in the film, something to the effect of, uh, you know, the insides of people are far more interesting than what they, what a person looks like. And that's true. It's so true. Uh, you know, looking like looking at RBG, um, not that I'm saying she's not attractive. I just, she's far more interesting in what she's done and who she is and what she thinks and the way her mind works than what she looks like. And I think the same is true for everybody. Uh, and it's such a, it's criminal that Hedy Lamar didn't get the recognition she deserved until decades after the fact. She developed a technology that we use now. Uh, you know, she is the reason, maybe not, I mean, she is, as, as current history is outlined, she is the reason for Bluetooth and and the reason why Wi-Fi works and, and, and all these other, you know, GPS and all these other things. And it, it took, you know, 30, 40, 50 years for her to get the recognition that she deserved for those inventions. And I and that's just terrible. It's awful, right? That's just why. Why would we I mean I know why, but but the film so the film, you know, it just tries to explain what she really was and what she was really trying to be and who she wanted to be. And, and that's not what the public saw her as during that time, during, you know, while she was a big movie star. And now, hopefully, people will go out, see this documentary, or at least read about it and learn about who Hedy Lamar was and why she's very important to the state of the world today and how far we've we've come thanks to her brilliant mind and you know her discovery and and invention of um uh, uh frequency hopping has nothing to do with the way she looks and I think that's the case with a lot of people and what they've contributed to the world. And it's just, you know, it's a shame. It's just a shame. But think, thankfully, people are starting to figure this out. And uh, better late than never. But um, just like with RBG, I think Hedy Lamar Bombshell also kind of suffers from not having as pertinent visuals as may be possible. I, I don't, I mean, again, this film has some good visuals uh, when you see a lot of the old notebooks and handwriting that uh, Hedy Lamar had, that she was working on the inventions, you know, seeing her old scribblings of of coming up with uh, frequency hopping and, and, whatever, and whatever else she was doing. Uh, you know, seeing home footage of her and her dad and, and you know, a lot of this stuff is is worthwhile and and meaningful, and and I, I'm not not saying that, like just listen to this or either of these. I think there's definitely value in watching them, but there's a significant chunk of both of these films that suffers because it's just a talking head, or 
uh, in RBG's case, you know, there's like a handful of times where it's just the background of like a courtroom with the text uh, that that's being spoken scrawled overlaid on top of it. And I mean, it's okay, but it's not telling me anything that I can't understand from listening. Uh, so I, I think documentaries just as a whole have this weird problem that so many of them fail to overcome. And that makes sense. You know, you, you get this idea for a documentary, whether it's unmasking uh, some, some secret conspiracy or trying to explain to the world something that you know and they, you think everyone needs to know. But you, so you, you talk to all these people who tell you all these things and you, you, find, you figure out this, this narrative that you've crafted and, and you can put things all together very neatly and it all comes out and it all makes sense and it flows so beautifully from one sequence to the next and you're making this point and you're, you've got your five paragraph essay and all this stuff. But if your visual component is just talking to people, there's got to be something more to it right? Uh, and, and very few talking head documentaries are, are exceptional for that exact reason. Uh, you know, there's so many out there, and it's tough to dis differentiate yourself from the rest of them. And, you know, if I'm looking at last year's best documentaries, uh, my favorite documentary from last year is called The Work. And it's not really a talking heads documentary. It's uh, showing the way um, showing these people who are sort of sitting in on prisoners in a rehabilitation process and experiencing what they've experienced. And I think that there's a lot of sort of uh, urgency and intimacy that this film earns with what it shows you that you wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, best uh, second uh, next one would be LA 92 which is a lot of archival footage from the L.A. riots that you wouldn't get from just listening. Uh, you've got 7852, which is an in-depth analysis of Hitchcock's famous shower scene in Psycho. And uh, this is a lot of talking heads, to be fair, but you get to see each one of them sort of approach this this same scene different ways and a lot of these people do it by you, you or at least you see you get to see the scene over and over and over and over again but each person is highlighting different elements of that scene and the visuals show you that and i like that it's really good and so you know if you're you know and so look at some more like average films from last year that are uh, documentaries, you have things like What the Health, uh, which is kind of just talking about eating and, and health secrets. Uh, you've got, um, trying to see here, uh, Maria Sharapova, The Point, which is mostly just talking heads and following Maria Sharapova, or Whose Streets, which are from footage from the protesters during the Ferguson riots, uh, which is is interesting on that level, but it doesn't, and that that film's average for for a different sort of reasons. But like Chasing Coral, uh, The Farthest, both of those are just very average documentaries that have a lot of talking heads. Get Me Roger Stone, Talking Heads, uh, 
An Inconvenient Sequel, Talking Heads. Um, Jerry Before Seinfeld, Talking Heads, etc., etc. Harry Potter, A History of Magic, Talking Heads. And so, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to break out of that mold because so much of documentaries is, is being told something. Uh, just kind of by definition. And it's going to take some time before... You know, the average documentary isn't talking heads. You know, you look at something, some of the, so the sort of uh, best documentaries, uh, like, and my favorite documentary is Microcosmos, no talking heads. It's just all visual action. There's really, there's no dialogue whatsoever. Uh, Bowling for Columbine is is good because it's invasive, right? It, it's it's good because it's, it's um, I can't think of his name. Michael, why can't I think of his name? Holy shit. Um, I can't do it. I don't know why I can't do it. What is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Michael Moore. Jeez. Wow. Uh, it's, it's good because Michael Moore, it's not just him talking to the camera. It's him taking you with him on this discovery. Uh, what else? Like, Let the Fire Burn. I think is a fantastic documentary because it shows you the actual footage and it shows you what was really happening at that time period and, and during that event. Uh, you know, this film is not yet rated as good for the same reasons as, as Bowling for Columbine. Uh, and Everything is Going Fine is just a lot of archival footage, but it's presented in an interesting way and it's shown in an interesting way. Uh, OJ Made in America is like the most comprehensive doc you could ever possibly you know, come across. Uh, Deep Water tells this fantastic story with recreations, and, um, you know, so all these docs, like, they do something that's not just talking heads, and um, the ones that are primarily talking heads have a way to circumvent and subvert what you come to expect from just talking heads, and I think that that is something that all films need to figure out a way to to do and I, I don't know what the answer there is uh, necessarily um, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of issues a lot of problems to overcome because if 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 your information is coming from other people and it is things you've recorded uh, it's not easy to figure out what to over what to show with that voice that voiceover instead of just showing the person. And I think there are definitely documentaries. Um, I think there was one, and the, and the name escapes me, but there's a documentary I think that in, uh, involves deal, talking to Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, why can't I, it's, it's um famous documentarian. What's his name though? Errol uh, uh, Morris, um, who, I'm not the biggest fan of Errol Morris, to be honest, uh, but The Unknown Known, uh, which is basically just Errol Morris talking to Donald, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, isn't my favorite documentary. It's not even my favorite Errol Morris documentary, but it's a good, really good documentary, and it uses the, uh, the, the idea of, okay, we're just gonna look at Donald Rumsfeld and, and for the most of this movie, to its advantage by kind of approaching this and, and working him 
verbally into a corner and kind of like seeing you get to see the reactions on his face as he's trying to talk his way around different questions and uh, uh, maneuver himself out of <laughs> quote harm's way as it were um, or you know my favorite Errol Morris documentary is from 2003 and that's The Fog of War which is kind of the same thing except with Robert McNamara instead of Donald Rumsfeld and so you gotta you're, you're looking at these this approach to making a movie and you're trying to tell a, a story or, or give off give out information about something and if you know if, if that story is being told through other people then it's not enough to simply show those people like that's the very basic minimum and if that's all you're going to do visually I'd rather just listen to it I think if the information is good enough that just <clears throat> that you that you know if the information is good enough like I'm perfectly content to like listen to it as a podcast or an audiobook or something and you know if you're making a movie half of that movie is the visual component so why is there a visual component to your movie that's that that was the that's my big question that is what I'm kind of working out with these documentaries because it's kind of it's tough to to you know I'm kind of figuring out that I've kind of ignored that aspect of documentaries for a, some time now you know I watched Andre the Giant and I think it kind of has the same problems <clears throat> seeing all red has the same problems and you know those are like the majority of the <laughs> the documentaries that I've already seen this year have this problem and it, it it's not an easy one to overcome because there aren't as many because like if you're trying to tell you know RB, tell somebody about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life or Hedy Lamarr's life how do you do that without talking to people who knew her how do you do that without uh, you know all these other people telling you what who she was and what she you know what she meant to them and what and talking about what she's done or even talking to the person uh, themselves and get, hearing them say talk about you know this event or that event you know that's a big part of a documentary that's talking about a person or a thing but but you know you look at a movie in my opinion you know you look at look at a movie like 13th which is kind of a lot of talking heads but Duvernay is able to shoot that film and and present that film in such an interesting way and it, it really is able to kind of break out of that sort of um, typical talking head mold and that is you know incredibly impressive it, it's it's a very um, challenging thing to do and I think and, you know maybe there's the sense that people want to try to avoid mimicking what DuVernay did but uh, you know if all you're going to do is put a face on a on a on a speech you might that might you might want to you might just be better off taking a page out of DuVernay's book is my personal thought on the matter so 
for RBG and Bombshell, good movies. I really liked them. I like all the information they provided. My biggest and only critique, and, and kind of the point I was tr wanted to make here, was that I think that they suffer from typical documentary issues, I guess is how I would put it. Uh, but that is to say, like, they're not without their moments uh you know it, it, it neither film is devoid of visual uh intrigue i guess and i think both provide far more than enough information that you should seek them out you know or or if i don't know if there's an analogous book or or something to each of them uh you'll miss you'll be missing out on some things but it'll still be beneficial to know what's what they're about and what these people have done if you're not very familiar with them like I really wasn't. So uh, for that, uh, for those reasons, I think um, it's good. They're good movies. They're, um, you know, they're good movies. And this is 2018. We don't have a lot of those yet, in my opinion. Um, although, you know, Hedy Lamar is a 2017 film, but you know, I'm only looking at 14 films that I've rated a, a 60 or more this year, uh, which is fairly low, and only two of them above a 76. So, uh, uh, one of the all, one of these films in this 14 is RBG. Um, so uh, it's a good doc. It's a good doc. It just it has doc problems, and I think we need to figure that out, or somebody needs to figure that out. Maybe not me, but somebody can figure that out and, and work on that and get back to me or something. So that's kind of it. Um, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm in this issue problem where I have to record all these episodes before I, I leave for Brazil. And as it stands, uh, so this episode is coming out Friday and I have two episodes more to record before uh, for the days before I leave, those are both going to be Deadpool 2 episodes. So Monday's episode should be Deadpool 2 Review. On Wednesday should be Deadpool 2 Statistics. Uh, and then I am leaving Wednesday afternoon. Uh, my plane leaves Wednesday night from D.C. So we have to drive to D.C. to fly out of, D uh, fly out of their, their airport. Uh, which means I'll be gone for six episodes of time. Uh, working on those episodes right now, two of them are recorded. One is the 2014 Circle of Film Awards, and the other is the top 10 actors born in the 1910s. Uh, so, progress. Progress. Uh, yeah, so progress is happening and continues to happen as we move forward here. Uh, still, Still trying to figure out what all these other episodes will be. Uh, I've I have one idea. I have two ideas for some of the other episodes, but I'm going to need more than that. So I'll keep you guys posted as I record these ahead of time. Thank you so much for for listening to this episode and uh, listening to my show at all. If you would like to support the show, you can do that on Patreon.com/slash/CircleOfFilm for as low as eight cents an episode. If you would like to get in touch with me, talk to me for any reason at all, you can do that on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or through email, 
circleoffilm at gmail.com. I'm always open to receiving top movie lists um, of at least 100, so top 100 or more lists. I love that. I, I'm totally down for it. And if you'd like to check out the website, circleoffilm.com, you can find a ton of other stuff over there as I'm uh, currently in the process of updating actors, top 10 stuff, and, and Circle of Film Award winners and things like that and stats over there. So I'm making changes and improving things and up updating stuff pages constantly. Um, yeah, so thanks again for listening. And as always, have a week. She'll never leave me Even as she fails